0: to BitFaced. Today we're going to be talking some baseball and more specifically an animated film coming out with a Kickstarter called Curves. We've got one of our favorite guests and one of our friends here with us, Michael T. Scott, and we're also joined by Andy Broom and they're pulling this whole project together. I want to start by asking you guys, there are tons of stories around baseball and legends and history. Why this? Uh, I'll let Andy
1: handle it because this, kind of, this is his kind of uh, deal. Can you, can you speak?
2: <laughs> yes. Uh, you'll have to forgive me. I'm, uh, this is my first day speaking again for being sick, but, uh, well, you, you, you know, you're right. There are a lot of, uh, very interesting, sometimes quirky stories uh, that are found in baseball, uh, especially from the depression era. Uh, but why this story, this story was personal to me. Um, I, I was born in Chattanooga and, uh, I grew up watching the lookouts, uh, actually in the same stadium where Jackie had pitched against the Yankees. And, uh, through my great grandfather learned about seeing Babe Ruth come there, you know, learning about Jackie, that, sh- that it even happened. Uh, the first time I learned that the story was, uh, was, a, was a story. And pretty much from that moment forward, I, I delved into that story. It was fascinating to me that this, this young woman, uh, you not only played semi-pro baseball, but took it a step further and actually pitched an exhibition game, you know, I guess the New York Yankees. And, uh, but what struck me, what really got me uh, going on this and struck me as is, is kind of odd is, you know, found out about our story, what happened, the, the game, and then it was like, okay, well, that was it. Well, wait, what happened? What, what happened in the last, you know, 40 years, 50 years and, <clears throat> at the time, and. You know, what what happened in the story, people don't know about it. So that, that those are things that really got me got me fired up.
0: So for people that aren't familiar with the story, give us a little synopsis of, of what Jackie Mitchell is all about. Because from what I've read, she was seventeen years old and took down Murderer's Row of, of the Yankees essentially, struck out uh, Babe Ruth first and then Lou Gehrig back to back is how the legend goes.
2: Yeah, no, that's that's what it is, um, Jackie. When she was a, a teenager, she was a an excellent athlete um, and competed um, on on uh, uh, a lot of different um, sports. It's not not just baseball, but basketball and <clears throat> track and field and different events like that. But, uh, <clears throat> oh, excuse me,
1: are you doing drugs right now while we're sitting here?
2: Okay. I'm I, I apologize. Sorry. Okay. okay.
1: Right.
2: <laughs> getting, getting over this, 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 uh, this sickness.
1: This wouldn't be the first guest has ever done drugs on the show. Is this true? I don't know. I'm just making <laughs> stuff up. Like while I am the mics on are of drugs on? That these, yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I am on a lot of drugs, but these unfortunately are all prescriptions. Flintstone
1: so. vitamins probably.
2: Yeah. Free basing. Flintstone yes. Crushed up. <laughs> no, but I, I'm sorry. Yeah. Back, back to your question again. Um, and you got, can you give it to me one more time. I'm sorry. You got, Got the knocked off track there. No, we
0: were just talking about her, her story and, and, and the legend okay. behind Jackie Mitchell.
2: Yeah. So Jackie, uh, she had played semi pro ball as a teenager. Um, and she, she was a great athlete. She had the skills to perform, uh, in baseball on a semi pro level against, uh, teams of men. Uh, Joe Engel, <clears throat> excuse me, was the president of the, uh, Chattanooga lookouts, which was the farm team of the Washington senators. Uh, at this time, this was 1931. So through some mutual friends, uh, Engel, uh, learned about Jackie, saw what she could do. And he signed her to a, uh, semi-pro team that he owned. Uh, they were called the Engelettes. And so she traveled around there, throughout the Southeast, uh, playing these men teams. And, uh, so don't know exactly when, uh, the idea came up, But sometime in late 1930, Joe Engel had the idea to help to uh, further groom Jackie and her baseball to the point where she could go and face the New York Yankees in an exhibition game at the Engel Stadium. And so, the spring of 1931, that's exactly what happened. She was signed to a professional contract and she was in the game uh, against the New York Yankees. The problem is, uh, Jackie was injured from uh, all the training that she had been uh, receiving and just the the super extra work on her arm and uh, really too much. And so she was injured. And so she only got the pitch the one, uh, the the one inning uh, in the game. So the original uh, intent was for her to pitch a regular game. Then it was, well, she'll pitch to Ruth and Garrett each time. And then because of her injury, that uh, she ended up just the one inning and you know, the part of the story, it's uh, the, the AP at the time picked up this one story and ran with it. So all these newspapers across the country would basically, they would copy this AP story. And that story was that major league baseball commissioner Landis got word of this incident and he voided her contract and banned women from baseball. And so that, for all intents and purposes would have been the end of Jackie's story. But however, it's not, it's not true. Uh, He did not void her contract and women weren't banned from baseball until until 1952. So, you know, what, what could have been, or why didn't Jackie go further? It was, you know, hard to to really find an answer to that. Uh, It took a lot of research. Uh, Jackie went to play for the house of David, which is a, exhibition style, traveling baseball team. Uh, but after that, she was, she wanted to go home. She just wanted to go home and live a normal life. And, uh, you know, and that's what she did. She, she never went back to baseball. The all American girls baseball league, um, did talk with her. They wanted her to, even though she was older at the time, they did want to talk to her about being involved with the league and she turned them down. So that, that's her story in a nutshell. And uh, she lived and grew up and lived in Chattanooga, actually in the same area where I grew up, not far from actually where Mike was, his grandparents. And uh, so it was just always a real personal story uh, for me because of that.
3: I know our country was really fond of child labor uh, at, (laughs) at this point in history, but how common was it for a 17 year old kid, male or female, to be signed to a a pro or a semi pro baseball contract.
2: Well, you know, that, 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 that's two different uh, things. You're right. Um, male or female, it wasn't that common. Um, you had it really didn't matter the age so much at the time as the ability. So if you're a 17 year old, uh, male and you know, you, you have unbelievable baseball skills coming into this, you're going to get moved up. You're, you know, at that time, um, so you did have young men go, doing that. But to uh, have the skills or even have the opportunity to – you're going to be in an exhibition game against the New York Yankees. Not just the New York Yankees, but arguably the great, you know, part of the greatest New York Yankees team.
3: Agreed. Uh,
2: you know, so it, it wasn't, wasn't a, a very common even for, for, for the men, the young boys, uh, that you know, 16, 17. It did happen. But, uh, you know, it wasn't so much about age as it was about the skill level at the time. But now, but for, for women, uh, girls, young women, you, you know, it, it, that, that was completely unheard of. That wasn't something that was, uh, uh, you know, thought as an option. Now, Jackie wasn't the first woman to uh, play in a game, a professional game. Uh, there's a woman in late 18 1890s who had who played uh, minor league baseball. So Jackie wasn't the first, but the way she did it um, that that was it was very very unique, very special. not only is this a woman, which at the time like in the depression, um, you know women weren't looked at as the same as men in a lot of different areas, not not just athletics and everything. So even the thought of a woman to play professional baseball it was pretty unheard of but then you take a young woman 17 18 years old and facing the best in baseball that you know that that's what really made the story really special
0: for our listeners andy that don't know about you will you give us a little bit about your background because i was very impressed when i talked to michael the other day and he told me that you work for beckett which if anyone knows ever collected sports cards that is the premier sports card magazine
1: i also and- told him that you broke out of a mexican prison <laughs> and Why? twice, twice oh, up sorry don't let me shortchange you that's right twice Thank you. and uh <laughs> that you uh you know once used to remember remember you started the hell's angels and uh would sell <laughs> would sell white cross drugs remember that when you started that yeah
2: and how could i forget that we're
1: in Nam and used to hunt monkeys for s- sustenance <laughs> Well, little... I
2: don't know if we have time for all that, though. No, I'll no, no. I'll give him the short version.
1: Remember when, when the Duncan Hines heiress uh, abducted you because she loved you so much?
2: It's coming back to me. I'd okay. try to block that out.
1: Yeah, well. You've lived a fantastic <laughs> Forrest Gumpian life. Uh, okay.
2: A Forrest Gumpian life. That's, That's all right. you could ask for right yeah. there.
1: All right, enough of my crap. He, he had a question. You, <laughs> I think you need to answer
2: well, the uh, the mostly true short version of the story is yes, I, I uh I am with Beckett uh, collectibles. I've I've been with Beckett now fifteen years and uh I I do write for our magazine <clears throat> but uh, excuse me, but also I'm the senior vintage card grader for Beckett Grading. So the uh you know, <clears throat> baseball research and, and that just falls right in line with everything else I do. It's one of another love, you know, of mine. And but uh, that that's uh Uh, Right now, the main title, I'm on uh, the the Beckett uh, Vintage Collector's Magazine. It's one of our fairly newer magazines the last few years now, and it's it's all strictly uh, vintage, all sports that we cover.
1: Hold on. What about the uh, – tell them about the Hall of Fame thing that you were involved in.
2: Yeah, uh, I was just involved with the project, the Hall of Fame, Baseball Hall of Fame. They have a new uh, exhibit. A permanent exhibit uh called shoebox treasures and you know the baseball hall of fame along with their unbelievable collection of baseball artifacts they also had a very impressive baseball card collection and uh i've been very fortunate over the last 20 plus years i've gotten to go to the baseball hall of fame you know a dozen or more times uh, i'm fortunate to have some friends involved with the hall of fame and so i I've, I've seen i've seen a lot of Different incarnations of the Hall of Fame through different remodelings and uh, changing exhibits and whatnot. And it always struck me as odd that the baseball card exhibit was so lacking. You know, you go there and you see, you know, my God, there's Babe Ruth's uh, farewell, uh, you know, uniform and, you know, all these great artifacts. Oh, and over here in this wall and this piece of glass, there's some baseball cards propped up. <laughs> you know, and you, you, I'm sure most of your listeners will know if I say the 1909 T206 Honus Wagner. That's the most famous baseball card. You know, there have been copies that sold in excess of a million dollars. But the, uh, the Hall of Fame actually has two, two of those cards in their collection. So, flash forward to um, 2017, I believe. They decided that, uh, that they being a the Baseball Hall of Fame, that they would start a uh, fundraising campaign to build a proper wing of the Hall of Fame dedicated to baseball cards. So I was brought in uh, to consult on, on some different uh, parts of that project and primarily the uh, the history timeline of baseball cards. I fit into the collecting. Uh, You know, we think of that around the early eighties where it really took off. So I I was helping with the the collecting aspect of the story and the grading and authentication story. So uh, it Unbelievable! It was a year-long project, but uh, what capped it off was I was invited to the ribbon-cutting ceremony. So I got to go to Cooperstown and and uh, uh, actually see the the exhibit that I worked on. And uh, you know, it's funny—I will never make it in the Baseball Hall of Fame, but my uh, magnifier I used to grade with—it's it, there. So if you ever go, it's sitting in the display case. Okay?
1: Didn't they get rid of that dwarf on Sports uh, Wing to do this? <laughs>
2: Part since, of it, yeah, since they the death to of Tim Conway, something. people just
1: forget. They don't. They don't care anymore. Once you're gone, may he rest in peace. May you rest in peace. They're like, well, may he rest in peace. What are we gonna do with this dwarf crap? And then that's what the the baseball card thing uh, came about, right?
2: Well, unfortunately, I got to find all the dwarf exhibits in the dumpster out back when I left. <laughs> oh, that's so that was cool. A treasure trove.
1: With yeah, with his little yeah. shoes. Sure.
2: Dumpster diving at the National that's... Baseball Hall of Fame <laughs> can't go wrong.
1: Rest in peace, Tim Conway. Yeah. That's right. Mm-hmm. So, did you get to actually
0: select the cards that went in there? Because it sounds like you started collecting right before the era I started collecting in. I was the 1989 Upper Deck Ken Griffey rookie card, Greg Jeffries rated rookie era of sports collecting, which I've heard kind of ruined sports collecting for for a long time. Is it, did you get to pick the cards that you put in uh, that that you put in there? Or how did that all work?
2: Yeah, there, there's different. Um what what the exhibit does is it's a timeline of where baseball cards come from, why are there baseball cards, all the way up to billion-dollar industry of uh, buying and selling trade. So, I, yeah, I didn't really – there's not really um, – the only cards I had involved with, um, we we took one card and took multiple examples of one card, and we graded them in, in the Beckett Grading Holder. And we actually graded card 1 through 10 with a – what we call a 10 black label is all four subgrades are 10. So we, the, the hall, uh, they wanted to display what's the differences between a one and a 10, you know, visually. So those are the only cards that I had uh, in, in the exhibit. Um, and, and with the cards in the exhibit, they have a section, what's called the, the Holy grail card. And there's 10 selected cards in that besides those 10, most everything else in the exhibit, it uses the card collection to tell a story. So it's not uh, it's not like you're going to a museum and you're going, ooh, you know, going down a checklist of the different cards. It's more examples of the different cards and uh, what went into making them. Uh, and of course, the the Holy Grail is very interesting. You know, like I said, one of their T206 Honus Wagner is on display and uh, several other very prominent uh, and expensive rare cards that are there. But uh, it's, it's really more. The exhibit's more to immerse you into telling that the story of baseball cards is more than, you know, you and I going to the gas station as kids and buying packs. It actually goes back to the, you know, 1860s.
0: So the the Griffey rookie didn't make the top ten?
1: What
2: about the? It did not, but I'll Greg tell Jeffries you, Jeffrey's rated the Gre- rookie
1: he wasn't there either. I can't believe this.
2: No, that one, that one was in the dumpster with Dorf. Uh, <laughs> But the, the Gretzky upper deck—that's still an iconic card in, in in the hobby, and it actually it it brings great money, uh, especially high grade versions of it. It's one of those cards where, uh, you know, we all grew up with that card. Uh, we all collected that card. Uh, allegedly, they they never stopped printing that card. So. <laughs> There's lots of these that that card is very prevalent you know of us growing up, so it is still a very iconic card. You know, if you want a high grade example, you're you're gonna to have to pay some.
1: What about that Jose Canseco uh, eighty six Don Russ? Remember that? That was iconic. He had a mustache and everything.
2: Yeah, that's uh Yeah.
1: Yeah, you have nothing to say about that.
2: <laughs> nah, I don't really have anything I, to say I, on uh, that.
1: Yeah, one. I I wouldn't either. That's okay.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it was a very iconic card at one time, we'll say that.
1: <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, Andy, you wrote a book about this, and now you guys are, are making this into an animated feature, mm-hmm. which is what you're here to talk about the Kickstarter today. So, Michael, you've done over 100 different animated yeah. films. Why,
1: why this for you? I'm going to let Andy talk about that. No, <laughs> okay. um, All right. Well,
2: here's what Mike wants to do. <laughs>
1: uh, so, yeah, I, the, the animated shorts that I've done, as you know, are mostly comedic in style. Um, done some things for children but um, and and they 're limited in their style it 's very south Parkian i guess you 'd say very flat looking uh, but it adds to the charm of whatever I was doing because i 'm not uh, people argue with me on this uh, but i 'm not really an animator i just um, I try to get the right the right ideas and the writing down and if the look goes along with whatever i 've come up with and wonderful and it, it hopefully it'll add to whatever humor is there but i can't draw i can't animate <laughs> definitely can't animate very well um so when it came to this i was i was making a well last time i was here for the um uh, the festival festival yeah and when i was making that i was watching all these great shorts from around the world uh not clothing but animated <laughs> shorts from around the films from around the world and um I was watching uh, one in particular is a Bill Plimpton piece and he just has this great I don't know I want to say Dust Bowl style going on there but I was like well it, it this what Andy wrote it just struck me as this great slice of Americana and what Bill Plimpton does I'm like oh my god wouldn't this be great if like Plimpton did this and that just kind of sparked an idea Um and then Andy, over the years, has been approached uh, by various uh, and seedy people, uh, I think. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know who's approached you about, well, about the book in particular, about other things. I don't know. Um, but, but the book, uh, they've, they've approached him about it to make a feature-length live-action extravaganza or whatever. Um, and, and for whatever reasons, those have fallen through, as a lot of projects do. So once I was doing this festival and seeing, oh my god, this you know what this would this is a nice little slice of Americana. This would make a great short. So I asked him. I said, "Well, Andy, what do you think about uh, maybe making this into a ten-minute, maybe under ten-minute short piece?" Because the time that she was on the mound was about length of a short film so we focus on that instead of this whole broad story and you know what was her motivation and you know what happened afterwards no just focus on that and execute that and and um put, put sprinkle in a little of her history and maybe her and her older years and stuff like that but mostly focus on that time of her on the mound um Because there won't be enough money or time to expand upon that. So maybe start small. And if this little germ of a film sprouts into something bigger, then so be it. And then Andy told me to go screw myself. And then he had some drinks. It is true. No, it's not true. And he had some drinks, thought it over, and went, Mike, you got chutzpah. And then... uh, (laughs) And then he hung up, and that was it. So I guess and booze and 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 I'm like, well, I guess that's that's a go. So I just started writing the script and uh, showed it to him, and along the way, picked up some some great artists to to execute this because, as I said, I don't animate very well. So I wanted this to look really good, uh, 2D style. I wanted this to have like a tangible look and feel to it. Um, so yeah, I, I focus on comedy, but um, for this kind of thing, it's not it's not too hard to focus on, I guess, the, the spirit of what she was or who she was, not what she was, what am I? Um, and, and, the, and the spirit of that event, right? And that moment. Um, so you just kind of let that play out on its own and then you think to yourself, well, that's kind of dull just to watch somebody strike in some one, two, I mean, we see that on TV. So how can I, like I said, we could kind of go back and, you play up the animation part of it where you can go back and forth in time as she's on the mound pitching and having some crazy transitions and um you know playing up the artistry of that so thankfully we have some great animators to execute that for us and they're all wonderful bunch of kids crazy kids out in california uh, all cal arts grads and um they all specialize in 2d animation and do beautiful work so they were very excited to when i pitched them this thing um First, they thought I was selling the man way, but that wasn't the case. Uh, they're and then, still not
2: convinced you you are.
1: No, they're still not convinced uh, until they get a paycheck. Um, but no, everyone liked the idea and thought it was really great. And that's and that's the thing when you when you have something like this and you pitch it to anyone and you're like, well, this is what happened. Um, nobody is like, eh. You know, that's never the response of, well, that's cute. Everyone's like, well, that's that's kind of interesting. And, di- and didn't most of them, didn't even know it happened um when that's kind of the reason why we're doing this anyway is to bring this out of obscurity for a few minutes right and then if anybody wants to learn more about it they can go to their do people go to libraries they go to google um they go to libraries to check out video games don't they they, no of course (laughs) well maybe there's a video game in this who knows um (laughs) but that's basically just to plant a seed with people and get them to go oh wow that's true that really happened so it's it's incredible how many people don't know that that it did and i'm i'm kind of surprised when i meet people that that say oh yeah i heard about this and you're like oh yeah well where are you from you know you're kind of like what but um so that's kind of the idea of it all um is you know i'm just writing and directing it that's my strong suit anyway i believe is the writing and um and And then I'm letting, you know, the the professionals handle the look of this, uh, which I think is is just going to look great, I think, at at the very least. I always, whenever I create anything, I hope somebody sees something interesting on the screen, finds something cute or funny. And if they don't care for the style, then at least like the ideas and think it's funny. So with this, um, you know, if the subject isn't for them, I hope they see this great artistry on the screen that's being executed, sir. Since we're talking about a a
3: project that's in development and looking for funding, Mm -hmm. what are some of the the other projects or examples that you would refer people to to give them an idea of what uh, they're getting themselves into by sending you their dollars?
1: Oh, let's see. Well, I can tell them what this will sort of look like because this is not typical, I think, Um, because we're having all the backgrounds done in hand-painted watercolor which you don't see a lot of that in animation anymore. Like I said, I want this to have kind of a tangible feel. So the characters themselves are—we're uh, basing them off of the designs of. Uh, at, help me if I get the the year wrong here, Andy. It's the 33 Gaudi cards. Is that right? That's yeah. the year. Okay. Uh-huh. So the 30, 1933 Gaudi cards. Um, that's going to be the style of the characters in this. So when if anybody's going to look them up, uh, those the way they were done where they were a little squat, you know, out of proportion, um, characters, uh, baseball players. So we're not doing it in that proportion. We're doing it. If you look at the line work and the, and the print work, and how those that, that was executed that way that's how it's going to be not little squat dwarf player. <laughs> dwarf on No, it's all it's
2: it's like I always <laughs> like to say the the those era of cars the thirty three Gaudis, the diamond stars on it's it's a very art deco. you can see the art feel the art deco in the card design mm-hmm. you know it's it's very very much of that period, very dated in a good way
1: yeah and and with this being like thirty nineteen thirty one chattanooga tennessee depression era kind of thing i wanted there to be a grit to it and a, and a, a look to it where um it's just kind of like i said like you could feel it um the characters themselves will kind of be like i said that's the style we're going for but they'll have a sketchy look to them and um maybe some nice elasticity if you will <laughs> um but it's it's not people it's funny people aren't used to 2d animation anymore um uh, and and once I pitched that to the animators themselves, they were all on board with it. They're like, "Oh, you're going, you're not doing a three, and I said, we're not doing 3D," and that kind of that, that gets people excited, especially when you're in animation. You like seeing that kind of old school. Um, so it's going to be animated in the two old 2D traditional kind of way, like the old Disney films and you know Fleischer and that kind of thing. So, but the backgrounds will be won't, nothing's going to be digital on here. So. Um, So it's kind of tough to explain as far as a recent uh, kind of uh, comparison, you know, Um, but that's that's the best I could tell you. Like if you want to go look at, at those old cards and if you know what watercolor paintings look like, just kind of marry the two together and that's kind of what you're going to get for the most part. As we
0: learned today doing this podcast, nothing goes off without a challenge. What sort of challenges have you guys faced so far trying to pull this project together? Well, money. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the great that's, challenge. That's why we're doing Kickstarter. <laughs> Give us money. Um, that's pretty much it. I mean, that's the biggest thing. And, you know, when you have Lou Gehrig and, and Babe Ruth involved, you have to go to the licensees and get the rights to to them. And, and the licensees have been... Very uh, helpful and open to the idea, which is great. Um, and then, you know, when, when you start with this, you don't know what those challenges are going to be. You're like, oh, well, this is, we're going to execute it this way and that way. But then you start coming into other problems, um, you know, like A, the licensees, B, who we're going to cast in this, um, C, who we're going to get to animate this, <laughs> um, you know, how much are they going to want? Because animation isn't cheap. So, you know, that's where most of the money is going to go to is you'll see it on the screen the rest is legal um andy's drug habit and uh and,
2: <laughs> it's a good third of the budget <laughs> it's a
1: good third of the budget <laughs> and we got to print up a lot of uh, counterfeit ball cards um that that machinery <laughs> right. not cheap yeah um but that's the majority now, you know
2: though it, it's go. really been a very smooth process i i mean yes there's there's the challenges throughout but um you know, I really feel the way it's been going, that you've had such a laser focus on what you want to tell, the way you want to tell it. That's that's really been kind of a driving force to why we haven't had a lot of uh, challenges we couldn't overcome. Let's quickly.
1: be honest, I just don't have a life, and I can laser focus on one thing at a <laughs>
2: time. <laughs> Wait, whatever it takes to laser focus, yeah, there I you would go. like to know more about it.
1: There you go, kids. Don't have a life, and you can laser focus... <laughs>
2: Better than Adderall, just don't have a life.
1: Better than Adderall, that's
3: me. <laughs> you guys get along like you've been working together
1: for years, but I, I, I know that's not the case. is well, that whole Mexican prison thing? That
2: was... I, I hate his guts. We haven't actually seen each other in like 14 years, face to face. We'd probably kill each other. So we're like,
1: no, that's not true. David Lee Roth and uh, Van Halen. We just, we just, we'll, we'll get along when we have to. When it comes to money, <laughs> but other than that, no, okay. Um God, I wish I could do a good David Lee Roth, but I can't. Um, what can I do? What is David a Lee Roth? For every time I heard that, Bozibah! thats all I could do. Bo- David, David Bo- Lee Roth Bo- can't
0: even do David Lee no, Roth anymore, so don't anymore. feel bad.
1: <laughs> he can—he can only do a parody of himself at this point. Yeah, and that's good enough for me. Yeah, so yeah, it we, we've known each other for thirty-one years now. Okay, so yeah, you uh, say you guys met in high
0: school? Elementary school. Wow, so yeah. you've known each other as long as probably Doug and I have. That's that. All you right. can't put a you can't put a price on that chemistry. Yeah, you can. No,
1: uh, that's, <laughs> we've tried. We've, we we have to, we've had uh, many people. How can we capitalize
2: on this relationship?
1: Monetarily, yeah. yeah. How can we how can we capitalize on it? Um, yeah. So you know, thirty one years and uh, what the hell's happened in thirty one years? That's a long time. Oh, for a lot it's just a it lot is. of nothing in three decades <laughs> up until this point damn seems. I'm
2: old I, thanks a lot you invited me on here mm-hmm. and all you're doing is just you're,
1: you're age shaming me now age shaming
2: yes age shaming okay
1: <laughs> Um. yeah so it, it but Andy's also done cartooning for a while and I do writing and that kind of thing we just never uh, gotten together on anything until kind of this came along so um, it's just you know but how long was it that you had when did this book come out i don't remember what year that was
2: well this this is one of my faster projects it only took 12 years to write the book good um <laughs> and, and, and <laughs> no, man, andy's the book was doesn't published in uh i'm sorry nothing going <laughs> uh, the book was published in uh, 2012 and i started um the hot and heavy research around 2000 99 2000 i'd, I'd already been researching but um, actually started out as <clears throat> writing a graphic novel it was the route I was going to go. And then, um, uh, through a couple of different incarnations, we decided actually a novella, you know, a little bit longer than a short story. Uh, that was the proper format to tell the story for me. Um, but yeah, it, it was, it is a 12 year project.
1: Okay. So, so then I did the festival in 20, well, I was making it in 2016. So it was probably mm-hmm. around the end of there. So it was, you know, five years, I guess, between this book coming out and me coming up with an idea to, hey, why don't we do something with this, you know?
2: Well, yeah, and it was, to me, it was very, um, I, how do I describe it? Um, it? Obviously, you knew about it. I mean, it was, you know, we talk about our projects and things, but, you know, and then we move on to the next one and don't really bring up the other one, but... um it, it, and we have talked about potential projects before over the years, and nothing just you know never got off the ground for whatever reason, this and that. But
1: we just couldn't figure out how to fertilize to, the eggs. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah. No, like really, we were trying to hatch children, and it just wasn't happening. It's a great market, so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but
2: <laughs> but it, it, no, this one was. Uh, we really hadn't talked about it in a while, and um, you just you came to me and thought, you know, I want to do this, but I don't know. There was something about this project that was different from other ones that we talked about. It was just, it clicked immediately. So, you well, know, obviously it's got to be done.
1: Well, you didn't smell failure on this one. You smelled failure on the no. others, right? That is that it?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yes, that's what it was. It was just <laughs> these were doomed from the get go. These are lit right. balloons. I tell you.
0: <laughs> is this the first thing you guys have worked on together I guess professionally speaking would be the way to say it. Yeah, I'd say so. No?
2: Yeah. Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Like I said, we, we've tried over the years. Not like try. Oh, my God, we've got to get something together. It was just always, hey, I had this idea, and I thought this might work together. And uh, Like I said, but none of them ever got off the ground. So, yeah, this, is, this will be our first. You never forget your first.
3: <laughs> the book in question is, her curves were too much for them. I'm, I'm showing it to the camera right now. I'm assuming this uh, is okay, still in publication. It. It's Is it still in public? It is, yes. So we can pick this up. Uh,
2: um, the easiest place for people to pick up a copy is, just, is Amazon. Um, it is in bookstores um, in different areas, but uh, the the consistent place to get it in print is Amazon.
1: Uh, you'll also be able to get it on the Kickstarter in PDF form or physical, actual physical form. Oh, nice. The and, you know. and it's important for people to have this so they can
3: say, like, well, the book was better than the movie. Yes. Absolutely. That's right. And I will That's not the only reason
2: why I'm offering it.
1: <laughs> to look better than me, ultimately. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Sure.
2: No, you know, I don't want to say it's a companion piece to the animated short, but like Mike had mentioned before, you know, uh, the point of the short is to get her story in front of people, whether they have short attention spans or not, but here's her story. Now, if you're interested, go do the legwork and learn uh, much more. And, you know, and the, well, where do you go? Well, the book is, is a great place to go.
0: Tell us a little bit more about the Kickstarter. What kind of things are you guys doing to make sure that that's going to be successful? Well, we've promised
1: prostitutes, haven't we? How are you well, doing we not supposed that? to say
2: that on the air, but yes, <laughs> oh, okay. yes. We have them lined up. Yeah, sure. We have an island off of the Dominican. Anyway. No, this will resonate <laughs> well, ready with our audience go. for sure. <laughs> will <it> really? <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> a big concert I'm only now. half
2: kidding. The island is not in the Dominican.
1: Well, one of the... <laughs> Well, now, okay, we need to talk off-air about this. Um, I was promised. Never mind. Um, well, one of the one of the great things about this is you have the sports element and you have the female empowerment element and you have the artistry, you know, the uh, animation. Um, so there's a lot of different uh, rewards going on here. So one of the ideas I had was... Uh, well, why don't we get people that aren't involved in this at all but some of them have a name to them, some of them not so much, but they're very talented artists and make uh, instead of a baseball card set when well, we have a postcard set of from 10 artists, um, each individual each postcard is from an individual uh, artist and they do their or they give their rendition or their take on Jackie or a scene in the film or something like that. Um, so I've given them the option of, of that. Do you want to do your own or here's a scene and some go with it and some go their own way. Um, so we've, we've kind of, I, I don't want to say commissioned to 10 artists to do it, but, uh, we've given them a little something and, and they're helping us out, you know, to, to make this. So again, that'll be digital. You can get that in digital form or actual physical form. Um, uh, and, and then what our, our character designer, uh, uh, Rosanna Uruso, she, um, she's agreed to do caricatures of people. So if you want to give X amount of dollars, you'll have a caricature of yourself as a ball player. She'll do it up for you. Um, and uh, I'm sure there'll be plenty of tears involved in that. Um, especially when people want, uh, you know, my earlobes are too low. <laughs> no, that's how you look. I'm sorry. but um, And then... Well, what else do we have in there? Oh, well, then actual artwork from the film itself, since everything is pretty much tangible. Um, the you'll you'll have a chance to own the backgrounds of the film um, and some of the production work, um, things like that. And then there's little you know, little baseball tchotchkes, like little bats and uh, pennants and things like that. I'm trying to think of what else we have, but it's you get the idea. It's well, mostly along. What's that?
2: Yeah, well, and I was going to say there's what, there's there's a few large ones that we haven't said anything about that we're pondering or looking at the logistics of or if, if, if people really want it. And I, I don't know, I'm going to tell them, Mike, you, I don't know if you care or not, but I about the autograph. <clears throat> Go ahead. One of the ideas I had was um, actually making uh, a special uh, incentive, uh actual signature of Jackie that's been authenticated. Um so we may have some things like that. Kind of, <clears throat> kind of want to see some feedback and you know uh people interested in and in, in really unique items like that. But we're hoping we'll have some of that too.
1: Yeah, so is it, and Jackie's cause Andy and I talked about this. He has the Jackie Mitchell autograph and you were saying there's not many of them out there or you haven't seen many. No, there's
2: really not. I mean, th- there's some out there for sure. Um but uh yeah, her signature is is quite rare. Uh and and uh because of her story and because of her relationship, uh, you know, with Ruth and Gehrig and her story, what few examples do come up on the market? They're they're quite expensive.
1: So, at the time we're doing this, just to, I'm I'm going to blow the lid off this whole thing. Uh, we're we're recording this before the Kickstarter, so there's still kind of things being worked out. So by the time this airs, I'm sure there's people going, "Why did they name this?" Because we didn't know. All right, right. Get off get off my that's back.
2: Right.
1: We're still cut, cut us some
2: slack here. We're not finished.
3: I'm going to assume that some of the stretch rewards too are going to be items from your your personal collection yeah. <laughs> that you're so <laughs> often generous with, which is one of the things we love about
1: you. That's that's why. I did. I essentially did pay you off to say that I was one of the <laughs> yeah. better guests or whatever because I give gifts. We we
3: should have made a note at the beginning that we did receive compensation for uh, the production of this episode.
2: <laughs> That's right. Mm-hmm.
3: We got a copy of your book though too, Andy. So uh,
0: we oh, we don't even have to go to it Amazon. Michael brought that to us today, which was very nice See? of him.
1: Yeah, I've, I've just... Oh, I'll
2: send him an invoice this afternoon.
1: Good. Yeah, that won't hurt your sales. We're all good. I gave them Muppet pelts. Oh. Yeah. Skin Muppets. Those are uh, hot items out on the on the frontier. There's some.
3: We'll definitely include pictures of those uh, when this episode goes up That's as well.
0: <laughs> so you, you said you, you're going to blow the lid off of it, so let's blow the lid off of something else, too. You, you cast somebody pretty major in in
1: your film well tim conway passed away and uh like we were mentioning and then we had to go somebody else no um yeah we so jackie from chattanooga tennessee female pitcher and you think well who would you ask to voice a female pitcher and the only one i could think of because is none other that i would know of in, in film maybe there is i don't know but Lori petty played a pitcher in a league of their own um and she's originally from chattanooga tennessee as well so i was like well why don't we just see if she'll do it so um uh so w- w- we <laughs> one of our producers lauren sloan she um she went out of her way and and approached Lori's management and asked them would she be interested and ultimately she said yes and and is voicing the teenage jackie mitchell there's three stages of jackie in here uh so there's the older jackie in her 70s there's the jackie that's about nine years old and then there's the the main teenage uh, jackie mitchell and that's the one laurie is going to be voicing so we're excited about that because um, it just casting wise it makes perfect sense it really does yeah and thankfully she said yes So, you know, uh, we're, we're very excited and giddy and hope to not let her down, I guess. So, um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see how she, how she, uh, deals with my nonsense. Yeah. Have you cast Garrig or Ruth yet? No, I have not. They, they, they're in it, but they don't have too many lines in this, um, if if you guys want to voice, Babe Ruth or Lou Gehrig, it's up to you. <laughs> I was
0: with no no kidding. I was just about to offer. Hey man, let me let me go listen to some Gehrig for a little bit. I'll audition for that. I would love to voice a Yankee great. That would that would make my make my decade, man.
1: He's got a couple lines. Ruth has a few more, um, but no, there has not been anyone chosen as of yet. There have been. I mean, it's funny. Every side character has been picked out, but the two main guys are like God. You know, it's not the fact that you want (laughs) to get them just right, you know, and have it just because it's not like anyone walks around going, that doesn't sound like Lou Gehrig. Nobody knows what Lou Gehrig, do you? I don't know. I mean, he had the speech beyond that. I don't know. I don't know. He just sounds like a guy. He was very echoey. Yeah. Yes. he Yeah. See, yeah a, lot of, a lot of reverb in his voice. <laughs> a lot of reverb in
0: his speech. It's very odd. I'm gonna throw my pinstripe hat into that <laughs> ring, man. I let me let me do there some research on Garrig and you. You just let me know, Michael. Wait. We'll keep in touch. I'm not kidding,
2: okay. man. Okay. All right. Mike, you know this could seal the deal if uh, for you being the greatest guest ever. Sure. Like just no one else can ever top that. You know. Yeah.
3: Oh, and we could talk about the details afterwards, but Eric is available <laughs> at scale. So, scale, that's too much for us.
1: Too rich for our uh, boy. We're out. Well, the scale's zero.
0: I should have mentioned that. E- Eric would have paid will pay you to do this. So that's that right? that's that's how podcasting works. I hate to tell you guys,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, we'll, <laughs> we'll offer you some pop tarts or something. And... <laughs> Hey, you're speaking my language. Good, good. As long as they're cherry. Hey, well, we'll negotiate. (laughs) (laughs) Since we're talking about Ruth, he had mentioned at the time that Jackie Mitchell was, quote-unquote, too delicate to play baseball. It's 2019, and women just took down the second World Cup title. How far have we come and is that going to be kind of focused in the movie the the female empowerment angle if you will
1: no, i didn't write it that way. I wrote it as um as just an event that happened, and if anyone wants to take what they will from it, they can uh, but I just wrote it as kind of a thing through her eyes, and back then it it wasn't a you know as it was today where it's a, a big movement or anything like that it's a thing she did uh, and you know it was a kind of a I mean if anybody was in that situation you'd kind of view it as well what the hell's going on here this is kind of a weird event you know just yeah, and then you're there then you're you're doing it so I just kind of wrote it that way through her eyes and um like I said it's 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 not one specific kind of message going on here just a well here's this this happened and if you want to take away what you will from it then have at it so be it it's like a song you know you you write something and everyone has their interpretation of that song and that's kind of what this that's what I how I've always written any of my stuff anyway um And it was no different for me for this. So, yeah, there's not really an angle, but if you want there to be, hey, I'm not, have at it.
3: Andy, does, does she have any uh, family still in the Chattanooga area? I'm assuming that might've come up during your research for the book.
2: Yeah. Excuse me. No, she, she doesn't. Um, Jackie was, was married late in life and, and, um, uh, and he passed away before she did, so she never she never had children. Um, you know, her, her mother and father had passed, uh, obviously, but um, her her younger sister is gone. So um, there is a uh, nephew through marriage that 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 is uh, still with us, but um, you know, she yeah, she doesn't have any direct blood left. Well, I'm
3: glad I brought that up. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: I don't have any it's kids. Not to be a Debbie Downer, last, but you know, I'm the uh, last of me. But
2: you, yeah, well, but you know, that is kind of part of the of the story. The kind of the tragic part of it is that when I was in the middle of researching um, uh, the book, and I went to where Jackie's buried, and ironically, she's only a, a decent home runs distance away from Joe Engel's grave. They're actually in the same cemetery. Um, just by chance, not, not uh, on purpose. But uh, when I did go and finally find her grave, which wasn't easy to find originally, uh, it was just a plaque in the ground and, you know, only maybe two, two thirds to half of it were even visible. It had completely grown over. So nobody had ever come there to, you know, pull the weeds around it or anything. So uh, that was kind of a sad part of of her whole story is um, it, it, to me, it felt like it's kind of open ended. You know, she didn't really do anything else, or um, uh, with her fame or what her notoriety, and, and it was with no one to pass down. You know, family to be involved with the story. It was kind of
1: lost to, to time there for a while. And so, now you'd like to announce your new series of books, uh, Jackie Mitchell Treasure Hunter. Is that it? Is that <laughs> yes. Been, yes? We're going
2: to we're going to clone
1: her. Yes. And well, this is what she probably yeah. did. You know, uh, seeking fame and fortune and glory and the, the whole Indiana yeah. Jones that, thing. And,
2: that, that, and that's what inspired Indiana Jones. Yes. Jackie Mitchell.
3: <laughs> yeah. She's still in that cemetery, right? Maybe.
1: <laughs> Gotta <I> hope.
2: Because, <laughs> man, we got a whole other book on our hands if she's not.
1: Well, that's what he's saying. I think that, um, well, zombies are always popular, right? So That's true. That yeah. is true. Yeah. Well, we'll...
2: We'll run that well, by the market. Well,
1: here's how, here, here's how it goes. So you go to her grave, and there's weeds everywhere, and you spray it with Roundup and that Monsanto crap, and then all of a sudden all that chemical stuff makes bring reanimates Jackie. And she's back it's now. very
2: timely. It's a topic that people are talking about. Sure,
1: it? and she uh, goes, and uh, what does she do then? What does she become? Um, she kills our president. She kills our president. Sure. Uh, that's... <laughs> She commits murder. Uh, that's, I just I can't picture I was a better say, ending. Play
2: baseball again, but okay, we'll go with that.
1: Yes, she goes and plays baseball again. Also, murderer, murderer. Uh, well, I'll, I'll probably cut that even, part even out. murder. Yeah, yeah, you
0: know a, a zombie baseball movie. That, there we go. That just I that just sent off a like light bulb in my head. It. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> Who doesn't want We're a zombie? We're bringing baseball. back all the greats.
0: Since we are about at, uh, at wrap time here, I do always like to end kind of with an unrelated question, and I've been dying to ask both of you this. Michael, I, I, I kind of think I already know your answer, but I'm asking all of you, uh, Doug, yourself included, uh, since we are talking about a baseball movie that's going to come out, Curves,
1: what is your favorite baseball movie and why? Okay. Uh, well, mine's very simple and very simple answer. Uh, Feel the Dreams is just like a, a warm blanket to me. Not a wet one, but a warm blanket.
3: I want to say that we talked about Field of Dreams when yeah. you were on last time. Maybe
1: we, we did. Maybe we did. Let's play the tape. Let's go back. No. Roll that tape. Roll it. No.
3: And I'm in agreement with, with Mike. It's it's always been Field of Dreams. There's a lot of great baseball movies. Um, that one just... It, it's so enjoyable. Uh, James Earl Jones in particular. I love that character. Yeah. I, I love the story. I'm not a big Costner fan, but uh, I I will cry every single time I watch that movie without oh, fail so come, that means something right they must definitely come they come for baseball
1: Ray. America's marched like an army what did he say oh army of steamrollers uh it's wiped and wiped like a blackboard and and, and never mind I'm not gonna say anything <laughs> <laughs> oh god anyway
0: what about you Andy
2: well uh, yeah that that obviously is one of my top favorites but um to me, personally, the one that edges it out uh, is Eight Men Out. And the reason for that is that was my first exposure. What was that, 88? I think it was yes, 88. That's yeah, right. <clears throat> but, you know, I had just gotten into collecting cards. I had just discovered what we call pre-war cards, pre-World War II cards. And I was fascinated by these cigarette cards. And that was the first baseball movie that I'd seen anything related to baseball I'd seen once I started, you know, really collecting, and so it, it was really cool because that movie opened me up to another world of baseball and, and, obviously, kind of a seedy part of baseball that I didn't realize existed. You know, back then, the kid. So I, I think that one edges out Field of Dreams just a little bit for me.
1: Not Rookie of the Year or Angels in the Outfield. No, or uh, Air Bud or whatever. Air Bud. Yeah, that's a good
2: one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, those uh, those are third, fourth, and fifth there.
1: Well, yeah. Your turn, uh, Eric.
0: Yeah, Charlie Sheen is also in my favorite baseball movie, but it's not Eight Men Out. It is Major League. I don't think it gets any better as far as a baseball film, and I know everyone's like, well, you know, Field of Dreams, The Natural, they're serious baseball movies. I don't like serious baseball. I I like comedy with my baseball, so I'm going to take Major League wow. all day long. Over
1: Cobb and The Babe? Yeah. And- <laughs>
0: I've seen both of those actually. Um, those are great comedies. I don't think Wild <laughs> yeah. Thing is in the Hall of Fame, is he? Wild Thing is not in the Hall of Fame, no. And and we've got the expert here, Andy, to to tell us.
2: that. Well, there is a representation in the Hall of Fame, so there is a wing that they have for broadcasters and, and cartoonists, and then they have baseball in the movies. So there is a display uh, of uh, a major league display in there.
1: Oh, and uh, Field of Dreams, Major League, thirtieth anniversary right. for both. This year? Oh, that's well, right. That's
2: right. Yeah.
1: I don't ever think about those coming out the same year, but they did. We're swimming in baseball movies in '89. We were going crazy back then. Well, it was it the was time of dance. well, yeah, because of Pete Rose betting on everything. <coughs> right. That's right. Losing his pants. Yeah. <laughs> did they do a movie? Oh, there's our next short.
2: They did. A, they did the made-for-TV uh, movie, didn't they?
1: The what? ESPN one. Yeah. Oh, ESPN.
0: I one? think it wasn't it ESPN. Uh, I don't remember now.
1: I, I think look. I just like I. I think this will be the next animated project of of uh, Pete Rose just sweating and gambling everywhere and betting on ponies. But you're going to
2: do it in the style of uh, Yellow Submarine, right? <laughs>
0: I'd also like to throw my hat in the ring for the Marge shot role in that movie.
2: So. Is this Marge shot uh,
1: post-smoking career? Or?
0: I'm gonna, I'm gonna do both. I'm gonna, I'm gonna really, really absorb myself in, in the character.
1: Uh, okay, let's. Uh, I hear you've been gambling.
2: Get out the reds and get ready.
1: I hear you've been gambling, Petey. I don't know what you're talking about. There you go. We just, <laughs> we just wrote it.
2: Uh, that's done. It's ours. Let's that's go. <laughs>
0: Thank you guys so much, uh, both for joining us today. This was fascinating. We will have links uh, in the episode to the Kickstarter. You guys, please check this out. And after the movie is finished, we'll find a way to let you guys watch it. Whether it's um, you know pay for sight or I don't know what plans you guys have, but we're really down for supporting this because I think the story is really interesting. I think the story will resonate with our listeners, and I think the story will resonate with everybody. I am Eric here from BitFaced, about to check out our guests today, Andy Broom and Michael T. Scott. Doug, today, not only co-hosting with me, but also running the board. So you guys make sure, please check out at Curbs. And if you've got any questions for Michael T. Scott or for Andy, you can always send them my way on Facebook or Twitter, and I'll make sure that they get them. Thank you guys so much for joining us today from the Portable BitCave. I'm Eric G. Hollis, and we are Curvy. <laughs> Where did they?